Hey everybody, this is Drew. And it's Blake. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Controllers podcast. Welcome to episode 68. Before we get to the episode, let me go ahead and run through our uh, social media, internet, preamble presence. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord uh, just by searching the name of the podcast. Yeah, and that's for like general, like direct interaction more than anything. You can also find us on Spotify. Uh, Spotify, as well as having the podcast, also has a playlist that Drew moderates and adds to depending on, you know, if it's one of his episodes for music or not. Yeah. You can uh, also, right now, as you're listening to this preamble, you should be able to hear a, a bed of music or we pick between a few of them. And if you're interested in having either some of your music played as this bed of music or you're uh, another musician and you would like us to speak about your music on the end, um, one of the episodes, uh, feel free to email us at the number two smokecontrollers at gmail.com. We also have a, uh, a Lockstock store. Uh, we got t shirts, hats, I think koozies, maybe. And a, all kinds of stuff. and a glorious pair of underwear that we're hoping someone will model for us eventually. Speaking of that, if you have any suggestions of other merch that we should include, uh, you can use that same email to get a hold of us. Now, I have a little bit of a self-promotion. I host, I co-host a, a brother podcast, Action the movie podcast with our good friend Steve Wedding. That podcast, me and Steve take turns each episode semi-surprising one another with a, a movie. And then we don't discuss that movie at all until we actually record the episode. That way neither of our option opinions uh, affect the other one and how they should feel. So when we actually sit down and finally talk about it, it's the first time either of us are hearing the other one's opinions and stuff like that. And so that tends to be a pretty fun time. Now, actually, is a perfect time to catch up on that. Due to a, us being on a small hiatus, why Steve moves states. <laughs> He's got some stuff going on, but we should be up and running again on that here shortly, I would hope. Because yeah. he moved and yeah. then the holiday happened. Yeah, he's just got to set up, get his new house set up and his internet and the podcast space. He's just got a lot of work to do. We should, we should be able to get to it pretty soon, I hope. And I have a short story that I've published uh, through Amazon that you can find called They Come This Night. And we're going to continue to, to promote this until I write something new, <laughs> which I'm, I'm working on. But I'm a, with video games and movies and all two, that two stuff. Two podcasts. It's, it's a little hard for me to do that and working 12 hours a day. Anyway... 
Now, all of these things can be found in links in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice we didn't mention Twitch like we usually do. We have a, a fairly special, I guess, announcement for that. Um, you want to take over that, Drew? Yeah. We've um, started doing uh, our co-op uh, Twitch streams. We recruited and got our cousin Brian playing with us. And we played through a couple of different games with him. And we thought about maybe uh, bringing him in and making him a part of the of the podcast and the stream stuff in general. Uh, so we're going to be doing, I think Blake, Blake called it, uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Controllers Presents Three Smoking Controllers Co-op Endeavors. Oh yeah. Uh, luckily, the name's not all that mess on the Twitch. I'm gonna use our original our, our original Twitch channel to do this. I'll just be naming it the the streams different things to match the what we're doing. But uh, Brian's gonna be joining us for all our co-op streams in the future. And if you like, I say if you think me and Blake are too dull on our own, uh, he breathes a little life into the uh, conversation and gameplay and whatever whatever you want to call it maybe it's good to have a, a third a third voice uh sometimes um we'll be doing that uh, that i'm gonna be trying to try to be rotating our if, if twitch will let us rotating our our povs each time each time we stream you'll be seeing from a different perspective with me blake and brian you'll be seeing each time it's if it if, you know if it, everything works out correctly we haven't fully launched this we've been doing a few test streams and stuff like that and we it's going to be coming pretty uh, some semi-regularly because we can't schedule we can't do hard dates because everybody's got to we all got different families and different things going on so you just have to watch us on all your social media and catch us when I, I'll usually announce things a few hours ahead of time you can come on and join us and watch what we're doing we're currently we did a, a sitting of uh, Dark Souls 3 the other night which was pretty entertaining it's uh, Brian's first time even playing Dark Souls 3 uh me and Blake have played it, but it's been a couple of years, and we're kind of using this as a, a warm-up to eventually do uh, all do Elden Ring together. As we get through games and stuff like that, there is a game that we, we all streamed, but not under the this new moniker, I guess you would call it. We, just uh, we, did, we have completed a game together, and the idea will, is we eventually we'll have Brian on the podcast for special episodes dedicated to our streams of games we've completed, so it'll be like one game on an episode it's a game that we've all played start to finish together we have completed a game i don't want to announce it right now i mean we'll all figure that stuff out later but uh, we will eventually be doing an episode there's no spot yet exactly I'm, I'm kind of still working out the details you're seeing behind the scenes i guess not that it's very exciting but uh i'm either going to make it as part of the main the main episodes or i might do just special co-op endeavors episodes in the podcast you might just get extra episodes in between the numbered episodes i got to figure out what i want to do with that but it should be fun and should make our uh streaming more enticing to watch and have another another voice on the podcast every now and then besides just our guest episodes because he would be in special episodes and not count as our guest episodes because we have a guest episode coming up and I didn't want to put Brian's first podcast on top of a guest episode that seems kind of like bad planning so I'm going to try to uh, do our guest episode so you probably won't see a Brian episode or whatever you want to call it a co-op endeavors episode until uh, a few episodes after our next guest we have a guest lined up it's just a matter of scheduling that and recording that we're pretty excited for that guest we got I think that's all I have for that I think I said everything part of that Mm -hmm. sounds right and I think that's it. So we have, away from that, we have this 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 week we have 
two games and Blake picked a anime show because he realized he hasn't done an anime TV show. We don't watch a whole lot of anime, but there's a bit here and there. He picked an anime show we haven't watched in like five years, but he picked an anime show nonetheless. All right. So the first game we'll be talking about is called The Garden Between. It originally came out September 19th, 2018, and since they are the developer and publisher for their own game, not everyone gets to be, uh, they have been, I think in 2020, they ported it to Stadia, and then much earlier in 2022, uh, June 16th, 2022, they ported it to the PS5, and as of right now, they have made five games. And I think they haven't made another one since they've been working on their own ports for this, because this is their first console game. So, they are called the Voxel Agents. They are based out of Melbourne, Australia. They've been around since 2009. And I said they've made five games. Now, kind of a cool thing for them is their very first game well, I may have spoken about this once before, I think, but these 48-hour challenges that are issued to in- indie studios. Yeah, I don't know how you make a game. that they, they, Lots of companies get involved in these things, and they all crank out these, like a playable build of a game in 48 hours. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And it's no sleep, lots of caffeine, lots of Red Bull. <laughs> What's that? Gamer Fuel Mountain Dew Code Red. It's funny how we have like this big time uh, in the news, like uh, crunch culture is so bad, but then they have these powwow things they do for 48 hours which is clearly like a 48 hour crunch but those are those are praised because they're quote unquote fun to do that but then but crunch on the other ends like the worst part of the industry it's funny pushbacks and oh we need you to work 18 hours today or you can't go home and it's yeah it's weird but just had that weird thought and so their game actually was well enough received that the year it came out was actually the top five best indie mobile games of the year that it came out in a 48-hour challenge. So I think that's... I'm sure they... Once it came out, they may have retroactively gone back to, like, fix some things. And so that that game was called Train Conductor. Mm-hmm. And they've since made two other sequels. There's Train Conductor 1, uh, 2 USA, and 3 The World. Hmm. Uh, and they're... As you can tell, you're a train conductor. You go down the tracks, and you just like, do I go left? Do I go right? Straight? I mean, not not that we actually really know what a train conductor actually does on a, on a day today. They honk a horn, and they just occasionally go. run into a bus. Occasionally, that's not the, their fault though. <laughs> uh, they also have another one called Puzzle Retreat, which, as far as I could tell, seems to be one of those match threes, which are all the rage. But uh, you know, I hate. I, I, I feel like a match three, is that like, I'm not saying this company did it, like a match three seems like the go out and like the money grab, like see if this match three grabs, there's 
a billion match three games. The companies just put one out in an effort. Do they just put them out to, in an effort to make money? I don't know, match threes are so Probably. popular for like the people who just like stare at their phones and just match three things together. They're like really popular. Do you, I mean, I wonder if small companies or other companies, I mean, I mean, I'm just big companies have done it too. Like they just go online and like over oh, to a mobile game and make billions of dollars. And all, all it turns out it's just another match three. Yeah. I just don't, I don't understand that. Like, I don't know how you go from train conducting to match three and then from that to this. Honestly, just, to maybe subsidize some income. Yeah, it's sad they have to do that, though. If that's the if that's the reason, maybe. Because uh, uh, the Voxel Agents was just three folk mm-hmm. uh, when they first started. Now they're up to about seven. All out of Australia, all doing their kind of own thing. But... They they have to supplement the income somehow because I'm sure they all have jobs and are doing doing this stuff in the in the wee hours of the morning or evening. Yeah, you're a small company. I forget that when you're a small indie developer, it's not your not your main job usually. I mean, people will quit their whole jobs and lives and just focus on building a game when they have that much passion. But I think majority of indie developers, it's not your main source of income, especially if they don't have a publisher. Mm-hmm. If they're self-publishing, then that's out of their own pockets and stuff like that. That means that's just not their their main their main job. Now, do you want to talk about the graphics first or the mechanic? The graphics first. Yeah. We should start with what the game looks like, usually. Yeah. All right. Um, it is... The best way I would describe it would be a... Like, Pixar-like? A little bit Pixar-like, yeah. Maybe. It's, it's, it's not it, as bubbly as Pixar kind of looks, but like... Some of just, the things are flamboyant enough the environment yeah. wise it's always hard to describe a game if you don't if you don't know what the game looks like i have attached a a link to a trailer for the game and they on, on the game's name in the show notes if you want to you take a quick glance at what the game looks like it'll it might help you uh if you haven't played it already it might help you kind of get a visual for what it looks like it's describing graphics sometimes in the world of video games we say it's every episode in the world of video games it's hard to describe graphics if it's not one of the dime a dozen pixel games. Any game that actually tries 3D can have so many art styles. It's just hard to nail it, nail it down. Best way, because because the story that it does tell, tale, tale, tell, <laughs> does tell, is a it's a childhood story similar to some of the Pixar things, and so mm-hmm. I, I and it, it does look good. It could be a whole movie. I mean, I'm trying to Pixar hat made a movie about this. It'd be pretty cool, actually. Mm-hmm. I'd watch it. So. Um, with that being said, the game is a. It's a. Su- it's like a. It's a side-scrolling puzzler. Yeah, you say two point five. It's sort of two point five D. It's weird to explain it because you don't control the characters. You're on it's, rails. You're on rails, and what you're controlling is the forward and backward movement of the world. Like it's it's really neat to kind of see. Like when you first when you first get control, it tells you to hit right, and you kind of watch it, and your characters like they wake up from whatever they're whatever's been happening, and they stand up, but you're not controlling them. Like you're playing, it's like a, it's like a three D movie, kind of. Maybe. I Man, that's, that's good for the Pixar reference. It's like when you when you hit, when you're holding to the right, you're just kind of hitting play on the events of the of the movie that's playing out, and the characters stand up and walk around. This first little island. I don't think they're all. This island's kind of round. I don't think all the levels are. All the levels round. I don't know if they're yeah, all. They're they're sort of sort of sort of circular. And you're kind of watching the events play out, and you're like, okay, why do I just watch the entire game? You do watch a lot of it, but then you have your characters are able to uh, very very limited 
interaction with interaction. the world. Like the first thing you see is uh, you walk past this lantern, this light, and then like the game's the game's tutorialing you. Like the, when the girl walks by the, the oh, lamp, oh, you got their name. That's the, right. The girl is Arena or Aranea, and the boy is uh, Frent, F R E N D T. Are these common Australian names? I don't know. <laughs> Arena and Frent. Uh, when she walks, when she walks by the lamp, you can actually interact with the A button on Xbox, and she'll pick up the light out of the out of the where she has the lamp or something, and she gets like well, she collects the light yeah. out into the thing, and then, then the lights. I forget what the light. The lights used to get rid of the darkness, or there are these um, flowers. There, there are either these uh, a bud. Or it's bloomed, and if it's bloomed, it sometimes has like a, I guess, a black hole that'll suck the light away. And you have to get the light to the end to open the gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So different things are like. It's 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 interesting how they could just be hitting forwards and backwards, and there is a a, a limited number of interaction, but can make for complicated uh, ways to get this light to the top of the top of the level the altar the altar at the top that opens the gate to go to the next level the boy ends up he's able to ring because he's i guess maybe it's a sexist thing i don't know because he he, a boy he's taller than she is and her hands are full holding the lantern so he can interact with these chimes and now these chimes do a plethora of things and i think different colored chimes do different things some of the chimes use the whack and it, it it makes the uh, the the black hole flowers uh, bl- um, bud again, go and bud instead of bloom. Mm. It just alters their state. Back yeah, and alters forth. their state if they're bud or bloom. Is, is that not the only thing the chimes do? Well, there's that, and then there's a blue chimes, which will target, or within a, it has a specific area radius or whatever, uh, and it'll. F- Within that radius, you can choose to fast forward or rewind while the rest of the world is still. Hmm. I remember that. That sounds extra complicated. Well, because I remember a point, because uh, you're going through, we'll explain it more in a little bit, but at one point there was a, uh, a fax machine and it was going down and as it was going down, a sheet of paper came out and it blocked your view behind it. And so you didn't know. And so for him, you would activate the chime and it would activate that specific piece of equipment. And you would go ahead and shoot the sheet of paper out. Mm. And then as you walked over it, the paper would fall and you'd be like, oh, cool. Here's another chime we can interact with. But you couldn't interact with it because you couldn't see it. Interesting. I don't, I don't remember that. I, I will, admittedly, it's been a long time since we played these. So I watched a brief kind of uh, a, a playthrough walkthrough just so I kind of like re- and I hop skipped through it and saw a couple of different things. <laughs> yeah, it's not a very long game. No, not at all. No. Do you have your time? My my complete time says I'm right a little over an hour and a half for the whole game and a, and a, a full uh, full thousand gamer score. I got I got the full one k. Mine says five point five. We <laughs> we run into this continually on the podcast where I do this do games in a fraction. Fraction of the, of the time uh, it takes, Blake. But uh, maybe I'm a slow reader, or I don't comprehend what I read. I don't know. I know I don't comprehend what I read, which is incredibly weird for how much I do enjoy reading. But I like audio books. Yeah. But I. So you need audio guides. Well, I don't know. Like, but you hate videos. Yeah, but I've read books in my youth, like in high school and stuff. I'd read books, and I still remember stuff that I read in those books. Mm. And I'm like, why am I not? Maybe because it's just being locked in my short-term memory. 
because I'm like, I know I'm never going to have to re-dig this memory out. Yeah. And so I'm like reading it and reading it. And I'm like, I'm just not <laughs> understanding what I'm reading. I don't know. I'm an idiot. It, 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 all that leads to a five-hour game that's really an hour and a half long. Well, with that and... I gotta walk same. my dogs and crap like yeah, that too. Same, same stuff we say every time. Yeah, we'll probably say it again on, on the next game. <laughs> now the cool thing is, uh, we said earlier because it, 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 the the game has a single base mechanic, which is the time manipulation. To the point, you literally hold forward, and your characters will auto jump across things, and it's weird. T- it's, even go down separate paths separately yeah, and stuff it's like that. Interesting to see, like you said, it's, uh, is it? I don't. Is it time manipulation? I mean, it kind of is and kind of, because you're not... What well, is? Because you're, you're sitting forward and backwards and nothing... It's time manipulation, for sure. Because yeah. as you're moving forward, um, two standout puzzles that I can remember is... Okay, there's one where you're... Uh, it's a, like a, a, a dripping faucet. And it's just dripping, and then there is a, a live wire that's been split. Mm-hmm. And you have to walk back at, to a certain point to where the the water droplet lands and acts as the conduit for the electrical wires to search through, oh, and pretty, it triggers oh, yeah, a light. Cool. And then at that point, you can have the boy interact with a door to open a door, mm-hmm. and then you can now go forward with the electricity done, but the door is now open. Yeah, just kind of weird. You have to time it right. Be look, make sure you're looking at the right uh, right character at the right time as mm-hmm. you hit the right moment. Because sometimes they're split up, but they're both split up on the same screen, and you could be and following. They're doing, and they're doing different things. They're interact, but they, they always they always end up back together. Because mm-hmm. you, you remember the water droplet one, and then there was another one that was a. I'm trying to remember this one that was kind of cool. It was a. A lot of that water level was pretty cool. That water level was probably the probably the standout. Was one, pretty, there's some probably cool stuff throughout, but there's a lot of stuff in that water, like timing them to. Get across. I forget that the mechanics of it because you're just trying to jump across all this, uh, this the kind of all this stuff falling off this waterfall, and you're ju- and you're going trying to get across the different objects like logs that are come down the waterfall. Logs and, you have and to trash make sure and all kinds of other stuff you're trying to trying to cross on its way down. The other one was a, I think it was like a boulder is falls and there's a giant, like rib cage. A rib cage. I think it's it's either a rib cage or a rock face, but something hits like a rib cage of an animal. Yeah, like you know, like, a, like an old like in the desert, like you come across old bones of camels or cows and stuff like that. Because hmm. it's just because what what what's happening? I haven't really talked about the story that much because the the entire story, from what I can remember, is, is there's no VO, it's nonverbal. There's no voice acting. Mm-mm. Well, there's like. You know, like those little weird noises that they make to make them like, yeah. but there's no voya vo. Yeah, of course. And visual so, storytelling. So what it is is called the garden between the two friends, Arena and Frent, are next door neighbors. Mm-hmm. Arena is your tomboyish, uh, adventurous, gung ho uh, young woman, and Frent is the shy, bookwormy, rather stay at home, read a book. And so they're just, you know, they're, they're neighbors and they're best friends and their garden between is literally, there is a, uh, a sliver of land that's like, it's in between their houses, but it's also behind their houses, the garden between yeah, simple. It's just, it's just a little thing between them. Yeah. And everything, all these uh, little islands you go through are, are memories of stuff they've done back there. Little adventures they've gone on, little, 
games they've played. That's how the levels are built with random, different objects that are tied to. And so I'm assuming tied to their time together. I would assume that uh, I'm I might be getting what it wrong. I think it was a rib cage. If not a rib cage, then it was a rock face, and that was a, a slab of rock that fell. But I swear that it was a rib cage, and it was a bone. And you had and you rewound for wonder, it to be complete. I wonder, I wonder what it was. Yeah. I could be remembering that part wrong, but that was pretty cool because you had to go down fast f- and have uh, Frint f- do the little wind chime to fast forward it to where the bone was was down. So as you know, was up. So as you walked back, by the time you got all the way back to where you were, the bone was completely down, and then you got to go up. The I remember bone. the bone falling. Was it a bone? I'm pretty sure it was a bone. Okay, like a rib cage bone or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's time. I 100% say that it's time manipulation, mm-hmm. as well as the brief interactions that the uh, the kids have. Now, you're like, oh, this seems overly complicated with the time manipulation. Yes, but the um, it's a kind of a on two separate occasions. Uh, the the lead designer for the game, which is a gentleman, uh, Henry Henrik Peterson. He's the director, and he was one of the lead designers. He, uh, what, what's what I'm looking for? He categorized it as people. Like you're always like reliving your childhood memories, like your happiest memories, mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so the whole point of this game is you're literally playing through these childhood memories over and over and over again. Yeah. Aren't there in between, is it in between every level or in between sets of levels? You do get these little mini cutscenes of them doing something together. In the real world, yeah. In the real world, you get little cutscenes like them doing. I guess you say chapter, because the game chapter, has like five I, chapters. I forget how it's divided, yeah. Or five, I'll say chapters. Worlds? Worlds with mm-hmm. levels inside, yeah. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. a standard thing, but I didn't think it's like that. Started with little mini cutscenes between, you'd see them doing other things. It's, it's the whole thing's about their, their whole thing's about their little friendship. And it's kind of funny because even they talk about it. Is um, these two are these two kids are vastly different, and it's weird that they're friends, and they 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 even talk about it. It's like sometimes you're best friends with somebody as a kid, but you're really only best friends with that person because they're there. Because they're there. There's no other kids around, mm-hmm. and even though you have nothing in common other than the fact that you're kids, and they even that's why they tried their best to make the two kids as separate as possible because there's no reason these two should be friends other than their distance to one another and their neighbors yeah the fact that they're neighbors and sometimes when you're a kid your best friend in the whole world is literally just the only other kid in that in your neighborhood but these manage to form strong memories and strong bonds mm-hmm. which is just kind of weird that even people who have nothing in common even it's, as they, this is what you do when you when you're a kid. You just gonna have somebody to play with. Exactly. I do briefly want to talk about the music. Does the music? I don't remember. Does the music play when you hit play, or is the music always playing? The music's it, well, it's playing in forward and playing in reverse. Okay. It is. Uh, they actually got a, a local composer, an Australian composer, a gentleman named Tim Scheel. He is an Australian radio announcer as well as uh, an electronic musician. Best known for hosting radio shows Something More on Triple J and Arvos on Double J. I don't know what those are. They're Australian radio stations and (laughs) I apologize. 
He composes and performs music often in collaboration with other music. And he has composed a couple of video games. Hmm. Any other games we've ever heard of? Uh, okay, it is The Garden Between. He's done three total. The Garden Between, Induction, and another one called Duet, which is a 2013, uh, another Australian-based uh, game developer on iOS and Android. You control two colored orbs, guiding them to avoid obstacles. Yeah. And I haven't heard of either, either game. Oh, my bad. They, I'm assuming they're both Australian-based, maybe. Yeah. And the music was good, uh, though a little repetitive, but that's also because you're rewinding and playing, rewinding and playing, rewinding and playing. So, um, the game is fun and good. <laughs> is that your main opinion? It is fun and good? It's interesting. It is interesting. And yeah, there's a lot of things we can't, even for a short a short game as it is, I mean, I don't remember every, every inch of it, but there's a lot of different... Uh, fun things you see during the rewind and the forward and, you, and the different interactions you get with the two characters and you, and you could just I don't think you can you can't just hit to the right and the game will complete itself so you, like you couldn't it, just it like a, it is a puzzle you couldn't just hit to the right and just watch things happen though until you hit a puzzle you can rewind and rewatch uh, them doing different things because they, they don't just walk they don't just like walk to the right they will stop and pick at things and pick things up and talk to each other and there's different interactions different things they do that's um building their story building their relationship together as you watch this stuff play out it's interesting to watch them move around and do different things i wonder how strange it was to uh develop a game like this because you're not like i don't know it's it's very very i've never seen i've never seen a game that uh plays like this when how weird it was and how hard it was to develop something like this where you're just developing like these like developing a weird movie that occasionally changes like I just wonder how how they how they develop something like this I don't know it does seem strange it's also one of these when you have these non-verbal stories it's all visual you have to like because there's even like random things like as you're progressing through the level they have put in small moments where one of the characters will just kick a can or pick up a rock and throw saying, it yeah, out into the water. It's just the, yeah. random, the random things you see. They have nothing to do with anything other than they're just kids playing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that seems like they'll, that's a lot. They'll point at something, like want to point and try to get, try to get the other one to look at something else. I've they'll, seen they'll, that. They'll walk over from where they were walking, walk over to them and look and have a little interaction and they'll split back up and it's just all this stuff that just plays out. You might not, you might not catch it all when you're just trying to run through and uh, figure out figure out a puzzle. So I think it was not good to take your time and kind of watch what they're doing to watch the kind of story put itself together. Even though the lack of voice acting, I, we we argue about lack of voice acting. But I wonder if it, if it, if this game it's because if you're rewinding and play, rewinding and you're play, if they're the repeatedly saying the words over and over again, it might become obnoxious. I could kind of see it in this game a little bit. Some of the uh, the the puzzles get progressively more complicated, like always. But we had a guide, so we didn't. Yeah, we had a TA guide. I'm guide. not a very smart man when it comes to like lateral thinking. I just don't care about. I just don't care about puzzles. I say that, and I'm like, at the same time, like I, we just uh, we're, we're not going to talk about the game right now. But we sent back. We got a GameFly game that we I sent back because it was puzzles, and I had I could not find a guide for the life of me. I'm just like I'm just not. 
I'm just not, I'm not enjoying this at all. I don't want to do this without a guide. And it's just like hurting my head. And I just don't feel like doing this. So we sent that back. We might like do it later. It might not be on a Gamefly episode because we might pull it back. Because the game was kind of cool. I might pull it back on Gamefly if a guide ever launches on TA or something. But at the same time, on the side, on the side I've been playing like off of Xbox. I've been, I've been playing Breath of the Wild. And all of Breath of the Wild's puzzles are kind of intuitive and like... Like, I'll say easy to figure out, but like they, the, the Breath of the Wild puzzles have the aha moment, which I think is key for any kind of puzzle games. And like, I was like, I hate puzzle games, but I like Zelda. Yeah. When it, when it's one of its core mechanics is doing the shrines and doing the puzzles in the shrine. Like the, the shrines are just big puzzles is all they are. But those are usually fairly simple. They're not like. Mind. Zelda puzzles can get mind bending. Like it, it is. Now I'm not that all that terribly far. I've done like, I don't, I don't like 15 shrines, but like, it's just weird the development of different kind, different types of puzzles and the way you way you do puzzles can be so different in video games that majority of the time we just hate puzzles. We follow a guide. Like I haven't looked at a guide for a single puzzle yet in Zelda because I was able to figure out what I need to do because the game, the way it's hard to. If, everybody's played Breath of the Wild except for me and now and Blake of course but when you're playing it it is like I said again it's intuitive and like when you're looking at a room and, and like it gives you like the the name of the the name of the shrine it tells you kind of what you're going to do and you look around and you're like okay I got this I got the tools to take care of this and it's kind of neat how it works out except for yesterday I spent some time on a gyro puzzle which I absolutely hated it uses the stupid gyros in the switch controllers which was dumb but this is not the Breath of the Wild podcast I'm just saying as an example for Good puzzles versus puzzles that give me a headache. Um, I forgot how I got on this tangent about puzzles. Because this game has light puzzles. Light puzzling and a guy. So yeah. I mean the game, these puzzles are interact with this at the right time. And then to make something else happen later. So these are more timing, timing puzzles. But it's like you can't fail in this game. You know? Yeah. You kind of just... So you'd kind of... more Sometimes you could just like hold to the right... And watch things happen until they can't walk forward no more. And then you would kind of rewind. You can rewind back to find, like slowly go back to find the interactable object. And you interact with that and it changes something on their path. That's more or less what you can do. So I don't think, I think like you said, some of the later stuff would have more been more or less a headache. And I think we, uh, the guide, I think there might have been achievements that required doing certain things at certain moments that would have popped uh, certain achievements I don't really remember any of the achievements because I did all this in one sitting months and months ago, so I don't remember all of it exactly. Again, any thoughts on the on the puzzles or anything like that? Um, not really. You said the water drop the dr- puzzle was one of the cool probably ones. one of the standout ones. Would be the most get the water to drop between the conduit between the it was like it's like a torn wire and the water drops and connects the power. That was kind of cool because the whole like I said the whole game's fairly short. I think it's. 20 levels something like that yeah. those, they're all really fairly quick yeah everything's pretty fast when you, when you get down to what you're doing I did overall like the game and all the reviews and stuff were generally very positive above above average like 7's mm-hmm. 8's That's stuff good like, nothing was like 10 but it was about the, I'd say between the high, I, high I, 6 and 8 I guarantee I guarantee this game has uh a call, naysayers who like when they'll turn the game on and I'll say there's a, 
a good percentage of people who turn the game on, and as soon as they realize they don't control the characters, they turn it off and go online and tell everybody how bad it sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure that people go, oh, "This is stupid." No, you control the characters. Uh, zero out of ten. I'm sure it's got a, it's got a, it's got a bunch of that going on. Maybe you just stick with it. You know, it's kind of it's a it's definitely a unique experience. I'll give them, I'll give them that. They thought of a kind of a weird thing. I don't know if I um, would care enough to have played another game like this. Once you've done the gimmick, I think you've kind of, you know, an hour, hour and a half I spent with it. I kind of, I, I get the gist. I hope they wouldn't develop another game kind of like that plays like this one. You've kind of, you did it. Yeah. Go back to Train Conductor Four. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, we we I want that Train Conductor Four. Give me Galaxy. Give me Universe. <laughs> universe Train Conductor Universe. Or give me Moon. <laughs> give, me, <laughs> give me the next trilogy, Moon Galaxy and Universe. Uh. I think we originally. You got any other thoughts on this? I know it's, it's a short game, so it's hard to. Yeah, I don't really have too much because I don't want to accidentally spoil the ending or something like that. Yeah, we originally played this on Game Pass, of course. This was one of the things we we would have snagged as it was leaving Game Pass, and knowing it was short, that's how we are. So I swear we're not a Game Pass podcast. I think the other game. Oh dang, our other game was also Game Pass. Uh, yeah. We're not a Game Pass podcast. Uh, the game. Um, to buy is $19.99, 20 bucks. I think that's a little high. I hate to say that for an indie studio. I think it's a little high. I mean, it's not bad for a like a indie indie price, but the game is so short and I think has little very little to no replay value. I think twenty bucks for an hour and a half or two hours is steep. Yeah. I cut that in half. Ten bucks is a is a little is a little more Reasonable, a little, a little more reasonable for, for as short as the game is, and there's no, there's no replay. Well, it's also only short because you and I use the guide. If people don't use a guide I, and try to play through I mean, it, it's, it might be. It's average. Well, people depending on T, it's average on TA is one to two hours. That's averaging fifty one thousand players. It's also, people using that guide possibly, but I mean, I'm, I'm staying still. I mean, what, what you might get three hours out of it. Like, I got five. <laughs> you weren't playing all those five hours though. Even five hours is, I mean, five hours for twenty bucks is not bad actually. But like, I think, I think around the ten dollar range, oh, you, yeah. you wouldn't be disappointed in this game. Granted, yeah. if you want to support indie indie studios, give them the full twenty. You know what's twenty dollars to support an indie support. studio? Yeah, so do it. Uh, yeah, I think it was cool. Uh, I've played more. I played other games from this company. I'm not going to go over to their back catalog and play these train games. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to play a match three. But I will. We'll see if we stumble upon anything they do. In the future, every now and then we stumble across the same company more Doing than once cool. in this podcast. So that's all we got for that one. We should move on to the next game, which just recently left Game Pass, so we had to get on it. <laughs> Don't judge us. So the 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 last game that we'll be covering is called Last Stop. developed by Variable State which is um, technically a worldwide uh, company because there's only three people but they're based out of Dublin, Ireland uh, 
what was it, UK. Three folks, three different places. Yeah. So they call themselves worldwide. <laughs> but they're, they're three different countries, basically. Yeah. So they've, they've been around since 2014. Uh, Veritable State is their second game. They are currently working Last on a... Last Stop th- is their second game. What did I say? You said their comp- company name. Oh, okay, yeah, my bad. <laughs> Last Stop is their second game. They, however, kind of uh, doing some live note-taking, just double-checking myself. They're currently working on a third game simply titled Game 3, and they're currently hiring <laughs> in, in four positions... Yeah, if you need a job, go look up, go to their website, <laughs> see if you got. They're you... looking for a permanent full time for an animator, environmental artist, senior Unreal programmer, and a senior level designer. There you go. So they're going to expand from three to seven. Nice. Four, five, six, seven. <laughs> so I had to make sure I did my math right <laughs> on my hand. I couldn't make sure. But so if anybody out there is an animator, environmental artist, or is familiar with Unreal or level design. Holler at them. They're hiring. <laughs> Just go to their website, variablestate.com, and hit the jobs. And <laughs> send them an email with your application. Tell them you heard about, heard about them from us. And so their first game, I don't think we've covered it on here, but it's something that me and Drew played. Uh, their first game is called Virginia. Oh, we talked about this before. We did talk about Virginia. No, off podcast. We talked about. It's funny we, we just mentioned. Oh, sometimes we play games, multiple games from the same company. Mm-hmm. Uh could not. We've been doing this podcast for a couple of years. I cannot remember if we've covered Virginia on the podcast. That'd be a hard game to cover on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Well, it really is me just be like a video game version of a Twin Peaks or an X Files episode because it gets kind of weird and wonky. Yeah, I don't think we've covered Virginia. But anyway. That's cool. We so we've played, we've played both their games then. I will say... I'm kind of thumbing through my notes. I'm not seeing Virginia in here. I will say on a passing on a passing thought, I may have enjoyed Virginia more than this. I say on a passing thought. like As I'm thinking about my faint memories of Virginia, which is a pretty sh- a shorter game than this, I think, uh, considering what you how you play Virginia and how you go kind of, kind of go through this. Now... There's... See, I was gonna. We, say, we gotta get into this. We gotta get into this game. But I, did I like Virginia more? I don't know. I like. I'll say I liked Virginia more. Not because they're, they're similar gameplays. Uh, but how this does is it that explains something. I'm, I'm, something in my notes I'm gonna bring up because Virginia does it too. We'll talk about this. Sorry, we gotta get to this game because there's a something this game does which annoys the crap out of me. And Virginia did the same thing. It's funny. It's the same company. All right. Now, last stop is a. A third-person adventure game. There's not yeah. really. It's mostly it's, dialogue. It's 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 obviously it, it seems like a uh, it might be the wrong word to use like a cheaper Telltale, Telltale game. Yeah, it just plays exactly like a Telltale game. You just kind of walk around. The walking around in this game, you, you don't interact with stuff hardly. You don't. You, you, don't, you don't interact with a Telltale with any, game. Yeah, this is less interactive. You kind of. I don't even know why you walk from place to place, but. We'll get to more of that stuff here in a minute because i got a couple of things to say about this game. But in essence, it's just a talking. It's a talking game. People call it like a walking simulator slash talking game. And we'll get to the, the walking here in a minute. Uh, but you're just making choices and choices that, uh, per usual in this genre, choices that mean nothing in the scheme of things. 
So why why even bother? But anyway. Yeah. So it's a it's a third person adventure game and it's divided amongst three well you have a prologue three stories which each have six chapters and then an epilogue where everything kind of comes to fruition Mm -hmm. and you follow the three stories are paper dolls where your two main characters are jack and john Mm -hmm. you have domestic affairs where your main character is mina Mm -hmm. and then your final one which is stranger danger and your main character you follow is Donna. And now, admittedly, some of these chapters you play through are literally a scene. They're like, three, like two or three minutes long. They're not very long at all. Yeah, It's kind of all, all over the place. So, And I'll say that of the three stories, there's definitely one that is uh, less fun to play. Yeah, I think everybody agree that internal, is it called internal affairs? Domestic. Domestic affairs. Uh, yeah, I don't like that one that much. I, I see uh, when this was announced to be leaving Game Pass, and, and, I, and I see a couple of Reddit posts about, you see, always see Reddit posts about things leaving Game Pass, and uh, I saw quite a few posts about this game, and people mostly like Paper Dolls. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, that seemed to be kind of kind of like a consensus. The third girl seems almost pointless. Almost. Like her, her whole thing just kind of just doesn't, kind of add up in the end you're just kind of like oh it's some stuff kind of happened and then it's kind of just over it's really strange but paper dolls has the most personality and the most interesting stuff like paper dolls we, we go into right now paper dolls is and these all end up being connected in a weird way in the end we're not gonna go through the whole thing i don't think we gotta hit certain points but paper dolls is initially about these two characters and they end up this other other man they bump to this guy on the train like they're running or something and they bump into this guy and knock him down he gets mad and like he goes oh you're made for each other he like does some weird green magic stuff which you don't ever see that guy again you do you see him oh you bump into him in the very end he's also in the prologue he's the guy in the prologue too yeah the weird prologue which isn't any of these characters is it it's it's his own separate okay we start start back in the prologue then sorry I'm getting ahead of myself because there's like a bunch of weird stuff in this game I got some Good and some bad things to say about this game. So the before we do that, art style is very kind of comic booky, and like we said earlier, kind of like Telltale, but uh, I'll say graphically smoother. It's smooth. It's not. I wouldn't say comic booky because this doesn't do. This is this is this is not doing the drawn style of the Walking Dead games. This isn't drawn like the Walking Dead or the well, Wolf of It's not drawn. These are three D models. They're kind of caricature-y, So I just figured maybe no, they're not comic booky though. Mm-hmm. Just like kind of kind of sort of plain 3D models but they at least they all have faces I don't think people had faces in Virginia no they were well they, they had hairstyles and like either a big honker of a nose or something yeah but it does do the thing where the characters who are important oh yeah it's have, weird yeah main cast have okay so yes all background like are people, minimalist they're yeah, definitely people, a boy shape or a girl shape in yeah, a it's, it's kind of it's outfit. kind of a Minimalist, not kind of disconcerting sometimes. That's the right word, disconcerting. When you're like watching your main characters and then like somebody walks behind them and they have no face. Yeah, a little. It's bit. like, oh, what's what's going on? Like and it has nothing to do with the game. It's just how it's budget the constraints. And I think it's budget constraints probably more than anything. So I don't want to. I mean, I don't know. It just it's just kind of. Ooh, I'd make I'd, I'd I'd rather see like the same generic face over and over again maybe than see like no faceless people walking by all the time. Mm-hmm. It kind of pulls pulls you out a little bit. 
Uh, but the prologue does cover a different cast. You see a couple of hints of things, and the prologue kind of matters for like the prologue matters to the the final chapter. Basically, there's characters in the prologue. A little bit, a little bit of a spoiler warning while, while before I start this, we're going to spoil a little bits of this game uh, because you can't talk about a story game without spoiling bits of it. So maybe if you kind of are interested in playing this game, I'll be honest, I don't think this game is all that good. You're not talking like early telltale levels of stuff anything this is like this is a very indie very not sure what they were going for kind of story here in my opinion i don't know how we we had talked about it off podcast too much that i didn't really care for this game all that much no we talked about i I mentioned brian earlier we talked with brian about it a little bit in past off podcast we talked with brian about because brian wanted to play it because we were going to do it on the podcast we said we talked about a couple other things about this the same stuff we're going to be saying. He kind of agreed with some of the stuff too. I don't think the game is all that good, but I do want to do a spoiler warning. And in case you want to play the game, maybe skip. Don't don't listen to this at all because we we got to talk about the story, the story beats about how this thing is to get to get any kind of thoughts across. That said, some of the stuff you see in the prologue doesn't. The characters you see in the prologue don't matter again until the yeah. end. The end of the game. The like like you watch the prologue and you're like nothing matters, and then. You get to the end and you're like, oh, that's because that's the guy from the prologue. Yeah. You're like, okay. Like, it just doesn't like, it's so strange when I was talking about it off podcast again with Brian, it was like, he had started it and I was like, I don't know, this game's very, I called it back heavy. Like nothing matters until the end of the, nothing, nothing matters until the end of the game. Nothing anybody's really doing matters until the final chapter. I find that it's like, it's like a waste of time. Because the stuff, the stuff everybody's going through, it just, it's mean, like a lot of it's meaningless. Like we could talk about like the domestic affairs stuff. Nothing she's doing matters. No. You know, and she's not fun to play as because she's an awful person. He, he's an absolutely So I don't horrible. know if you want to get into her for a little bit. Because like, you can play the thing kind of in any order. Like each section, you can play everybody's chapter ones. You can play everybody's chapter twos and chapter threes. Actually, you have to play. You have to play them. So you have to, but you can play they're all their chapter ones in any order. But you got to play all the chapter ones for you can play chapter twos. Mm-hmm. I did Paper Dolls, Domestic. What's the last one? The Stranger Danger. Stranger Danger. I did, I did them all in, in the same order: one, two, three, one, two, three, one, yeah. two, three, all the way down. So I always play Paper yeah, Dolls first. I did too. So okay, so maybe we should do Paper Dolls first then. Sorry, I'm all over the place. This game's a mess. All right. So if we talked about earlier Paper Dolls, we follow Jack and John. And. John's John's daughter and John's daughter, yeah, yeah, and like you said, there's some other details. In all honesty, for Jack and John, what happens is, um, John is an older gentleman past his prime. I'd say late forties, closer to fifty. Mm-hmm. Has, a young, has a young daughter. He has a young daughter. Uh, middle school. She's like nine. Yeah, ten. And then they have because his name is. John Smith. He's a very unfortunate, just an average guy. And then he has a a fella who lives in the same building as them, or I think he lives in the building across the way. Their their mail gets swapped all the time. His name is, oddly enough, uh, Jack. And his last name starts with S too, but I don't really know what it is. I don't remember, I don't remember why their I don't remember what I don't remember why their mail gets swapped. It happens enough that they it's a common occurrence. Common occurrence that like at least once a week they're like, hey, they they swap post. But Jack is a like 
you know, in his 20s, active jogger, real, you know, outgoing individual, kind of a, not kind of, is a dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, is a, he is a jerk face for sure. Uh, and so at one point, like their inciting incident, like we said earlier, is Jack's in a rush to get his jog on. He's like jogging in place and they're riding, riding a, uh, a trolley. A running, uh, not I, forget a trolley. How, I forget why they're on the same train. Because they live in the same neighborhood to drive, to go to the city to work. Okay. And when they get to the city, uh, Jack immediately goes to like run off the thing, and he bumps into a gentleman who's carrying a briefcase, and he falls onto the guy's briefcase. Now John goes to help the gentleman up, and Jack's like, "Oh man, come on, blah blah." He's like, "Won't you pay attention, Jack?" And they're, they're they start arguing right there because they already don't like one another really. And that's when that dude's like, oh, you guys are perfect for another, and grabs both their hands and helps himself get up. He does the weird glowy green eye thing, and it gets all Freaky Friday. But you don't find out until the end of the chapter. Yeah, they, they all they both wake up in their other other person's apartment. They the guys switch their bodies for whatever reason. Now, as like, them being the best characters, uh, they're the best characters in the game. Yeah, they, we can go kind of kind of bounce to your favorite moments, I guess, throughout their stuff. I can see why people like them the most as we as we'll talk about considering the other two things. These two guys have a lot more personality. I think the girl helps their interactions because at first they try to run through each trying to they're just confused and trying to figure out what's going on. Eventually they go to each other and start inter- and figure out what's going on. And then they I think they just end up telling his daughter and she's just kinda like, okay. And she just kinda goes with it. So they start all living in the same place. Because the guy's gotta like is you know like they they talk a lot about the legality like of like dudes Jack's and John's body, but John has to stay with the girl, otherwise he can lose custody of the girl. But 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 since John's in Jack's body, he he's the, he wants to be around his daughter, so he kind of just starts staying in their apartment. Yeah. So it's very it's very strange, and but they're they're kind of they're kind of they are funny together, and they're very strange, and the girls kind of. Whoa. And they start concocting these. Uh, one of the great things they concoct this whole thing to do their each other's jobs, and, and then they both end up uh, getting getting fired from each other respective jobs, and then you come like, it's confusing. Uh, Jack comes home in John's body, and he's like, "Hey, you know, I, you know, I got got you fired." And like, John is all mad, and he was like, "And then in your dialogue choices, he's like, well, now that you mention it, I kind of sort of got you fired as well.' Like, <laughs> like the first day, the first day they both went to each other's job, they got each other fired. They that was a fun little scene to play out. And there's some other kind of fun, interesting moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a an upward and downward spiral for the two of them. Mm-hmm. Because uh, being a young man thrown to an old man's body and you're like, wow, what is happening here? It's literally like going to sleep and then waking up 25 years later and someone needs... And there's a good little mind trip and mind thing for the the both of them, really. Yeah. Because who doesn't want to be like, oh, if I knew now what I knew then and be thrown in a body that's 20 years younger than you are now? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's that cool play. I'm trying not to spoil some of the things that actually happen because what happens to them is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But like you said earlier, their story is cool. But other than that initial interaction and them spending the rest of their story trying to figure out how to swap bodies back has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Yeah. They eventually, I already gave a spoiler one. They eventually in the end, one of them, well, well, dude ends up in the, uh, so I said spoilers. Huh? Yeah. Well, one of the things that I want to talk about too is 
you go through all, all three of these stories, and you kind of making semi choices throughout the whole thing. But if the the, if the the entire game boils down to each character has a single choice at the very end of the game, and that's it. Yeah. Nothing else you do matters. Yeah. And, Nothing matters. And it was just it's kind of. I wish we wouldn't keep people wouldn't keep making these games. Yeah, if you're gonna do a, like a, a branching storyline, give me a branching storyline, or don't. I don't know, because a, a lot of the reviews I read for this are like, I'd rather have just watch this. If I don't really have any control over this interactive video game, mm-hmm. now like we said, it, like Telltale's like when you interact, at least you have it's the illusion of choice. Things still have to happen, but we, you, we call we call it the illusion of choice because me and Blake would actively make different choices in Telltale games. They all play out the same. We've talked about this, but in the past, but for the most part, I mean, like, oh, this character might die, but then this other character's alive. But that other character still, their whole attitude changes because yeah. there's nothing you can do in this game that changes anything. No, except for your final choice, which we talked about. That that doesn't matter either. Honestly, no. Yeah. So, but like, because I don't want to spoil what Jack and John's choice ends up becoming by the end. Yeah, I don't even remember honestly. But they they are the heart of the story, I feel like, yeah. in all honesty. And then, because they have some cool, fun moments where, like, ooh, because John's in Jack's body, and he starts getting a lot of notice from other women. He's like, I don't get notice from women. And so he starts getting kind of like, you know, again, like, it's, it's a cool thing to see it play out, and it is fun. Yeah, it's a Freaky Friday kind of thing, no, but, yeah. like, an old man and a younger man, it's, it's I don't know, there's lots of different scenes about it, but... It doesn't really go anywhere. There's a, a, a big incident near the end. Yeah. Uh, we, we could say it. I don't think it matters. I don't think anybody cares. Let's see. It's just, we said earlier, spoiler warning. If you haven't played the game, stop now. Go play the game and come back. Mm. But uh, Jack's in John's body, and John has already had heart problems. So John, Jack in John's body uh, has, a, has a heart attack. Like gets too excited at some point and has a heart attack. He gets mad. He gets mad. And he ends up in the hospital, and it's like he's going to die. And then so John in Jack's body doesn't want to let Jack die because of his body. So he's he he's trying to do his best to get to to find the guy with the briefcase, which all leads to the final chapter because the guy with the briefcase the guy with the briefcase you don't see again until the final chapter. And when you run into him, it's such a lackluster event. Like it's such a oh well, there he is event that I just like He's like, Oh I did do that, didn't I? I'm I'm sorry. He take, take this and go shake his hand. You'll be fine. It's just instant cure. <laughs> it's just like what? It's like, he goes this. and like John and Jack's body goes through this whole thing and meets this other weird character just to find his way to the. Because you see the green portal in the prologue, so he's trying to find another green portal. Like he finds, he, he just ends up having to find another, another green portal. Yeah, because vape lord. Because this weird guy, Don Vapor, he's like, what's your name? He's like, I told you, I'm Vapor. And I was like, this is stupid. Yeah. But anyway, his his whole thing leads up to, his six chapters lead up to him walking through a green portal. All of them end with them walking, going through a green portal. He goes through a green portal after the heart attack. His whole goal is to change back. So dude, I guess he's going to change back so he dies instead of Jack. Well, his final, he has a daughter, but he has a daughter. So I The don't, final choice for for Jack, Jack oh, no, for John, because John is technically the main character because you play as John. Mm-hmm. And it gets John in Jack's body. Your final choice gets down to eh, swap back or not. Screw John or screw Jack. Let him die in that body because I like this young body. Or to swap places. Yeah. And 
just make better health choices and try to stay alive as long as possible. So it's like, I think, dude, I think he survives regardless. It doesn't matter. Either you don't swap back and he gets better, I guess. I don't, I don't remember both the endings. Like, uh, or you do swap back and he just survives anyway. I think it's silly. It's like, yeah, what? Like it's 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 all it's all so pointless. That's what that's what drives you crazy about the whole the whole the whole experience. It's just like oh, nothing. I just hate when nothing matters. Like I said, like people say that it'd be better if it was just if you just. You don't spend so much effort trying to write choices into a game that doesn't that where choices don't mean anything. Stop wasting all that effort writing choices where you can just spend better time writing a better and, through line. And then we have some like interact because there's not really a lot of interactivity. Yeah, we haven't got to that yet part yet. I guess between between this and me and we talk about the running around town. Yeah. But I'm just I'm just saying like you spend your writer spend more time and effort making a better story than spending so much writing time diverting these like you have a, each each conversation has four freaking choices and they don't matter then don't write don't make the game that way you have a better story people would be talking about if it wasn't diverted in all these directions that don't matter you have a stronger story exactly like there's weird interesting things happening like if you didn't spend 18 chapters to get to the stuff that matters in the end the stuff that's actually interesting and weird in the end and then the game just ends when you get there don't waste 16 you know, 18 chapters getting there Exactly. It's just like, what in the world, man? I mean, I know there's only their second game, but even Virginia was focused. Virginia, I mean, fo- focused as in you can walk that, one way in it Virginia. Was a single case, and you had interactivity where you look, look search for evidence. You yeah, like Virginia, and, well, how do you go? Maybe they thought Virginia was too tame. I don't know like, why they thought to just blow it up like they did with this, but like Virginia was focused. Yeah. You know? So I don't, I don't know. Very strange. But in between... Paper dolls and domestic affairs. We talk about like the they call it a walking simulator. And this is something that leads back to Virginia too, as uh, you can walk around this town all the time for no reason. Like you can walk from place you know, in between talk scenes, you walk from one place to the next, but you're never walking directly there. The game does these hard jump cuts, oh, so you yeah. can't these very disorienting jump cuts from like you walking in a direction and then you just pop. And you're somewhere else walking, and you just pop somewhere else, and you're walking. And Virginia did the exact same thing. And I'll say another thing too, in regards to the the jump cuts, is it happened to me sometimes, is when there's dialogue going on. Sometimes it's internal, or sometimes someone's on a phone. And I noticed it, especially when I was going back through and like doing a little bit of cleanup in the achievements. I missed one or two because for whatever reason the choice didn't trigger. I don't know why. So if I was listening to dialogue, I, I stood still and let the dialogue play, and then I kind of walked. And then when I walked, it just kind of like did like one jump cut to like where I was supposed to be. But if I was listening to still listening to dialogue that needed to be listened to, and I would walk through, it did a series of jump cuts because it wouldn't actually take me to where I needed to be until the dialogue was over. Really? Yeah. I didn't notice that. It was weird. Because I had to finish the dialogue? Because I wanted to finish the story. Because I literally had the thing where I was walking down a street, and then I, the dialogue finished, and I was like, cool, boom. And I, as soon as I got to the end of the thing, I was at the office building. Now, when I wasn't waiting, because I had to go clean up something, I was just, I was literally running down the street, and the, her, her phone call was still going, and it went, like, by the bakery. And then it was, like, by the bus station. And then to the office. Like, there was a whole extra scene, because the dialogue was still going. That's so weird. Yeah, but they, I guess, because otherwise, if you'd made it to the building, the dialogue... Or you'd be standing there and wait for it to play out, maybe? I'm or sure. you'd be... Because well, you got to the building, and then you went inside and a whole other scene played. They wanted you to hear that dialogue. I thought it was super weird. Very confusing way to... Why have the jump cuts? Just let me walk. Yeah. 
or don't do don't or don't give you control over the walking because there's no there's literally no point in you having control of the walking. Yeah. You're not walking anywhere to interact with anything. You're walking between talk scene to talk scene. There's nothing you do in between. There's no achievements tied to going anywhere. No. So why give you control? Just do a walk and talk from one place to the next. There's just no point. And the jump cuts are very disordered. Like I said, Virginia did it too. And it's so funny. It's the same developer. That's one of the memories I have of Virginia is walking in Virginia. And all of a sudden you cut and you're somewhere else. Yeah. You cut and you're somewhere else. It's like, I get it's a style to like movies and stuff do it too. I don't like it. If it doesn't, doesn't help these stories. And it makes like maybe, maybe they don't care about the town. So all three, all these people are in the same town. Okay. Or same place. It's London, modern day London, 2022 London. If you're trying to build now, now are you trying to build a map of London, a small map of London, of these small towns, this small, you know, little part, little part of London. Are you trying to build a map so we can kind of like learn our way around? That doesn't matter because you're not really going anywhere. So the jump cuts just make you make you disoriented all the time. Like you don't know where you're going. They're like, oh, we're going over here, and you're like, I don't. You run down an alleyway, or you run down a street, and you can go left or right. But like to the right, so it's like an invisible wall. So you got to run to the left, and then it jump cuts, and you're somewhere else as you as you make that turn. And you're like, this is just it's so disorienting. Because again, for Virginia, I remember there being one thing. It's like, ooh, you're in your office. You know, you you get get your coffee cup, get your files, and you walk out the door. But as you walk out the door. Uh, the next thing you have is you're walking up to the crime scene. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, that was a ridiculous. There wasn't like this a. This might be like a, a company signature or something. Jump cuts is like their signature. They're also, again, like it, it is three dudes, and one of them's just a composer. Yeah. So it's really it's just two dudes doing everything. So they're trying to consolidate and do budget and everything. I don't know if it's an artistic choice or what, but it's makes it hard to follow where you are a lot of the times. Now. We've kind of pooed on it a bunch. I hate that we poo on it so much because a lot of effort did does go into it. Mm-hmm. The entire game is voice acted wonderfully. Yeah, the voice actors are fine. All the voice they're, they're not at all good. the problem. The writing is the problem. All the the art direction is good. Yeah, it's, good. Not, a, it's not it's not a very pretty game, but it's good. It's okay. Yeah. I don't think it's anything to write home about. Now we'll get, get to to Mina. So it's like the characters you like. Characters you hate in the in the, the character you hate in the middle story and the third story's characters you just don't care just about. Don't care about. Yeah. yeah. So I hear now this one's about this is domestic affairs. Now, yeah, we follow Mina, who could be an interesting character because she works for like uh, a a big corporation that's real dodgy and like she's like you, you her it starts out she's asking all these like. Uh, personality questions of like, hey, if we did this, uh, giving her a psyche evals for a promotion, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, this is kind of cool. She's like a, a a privatized super agent, so this could be cool. Mm-hmm. And then she's you, cocky as all hell. Oh, she's real cocky. And you get out and you meet a newcomer. And she's kind of a, a, a you know just she's kind of mean to her for no reason. Yeah. And then you get out and you make it to what appears to be your home, and you knock on the door and there's a cute uh, flirtatious banner between you and and. You know, your husband, like, oh, this is kind of cute. She's in love with this guy. And they go upstairs, and they have a nice stress-relieving uh, little thing. It just kind of fades to black, and you, she gets up, gets dressed, and leaves. And you're like, oh, that was pretty fast. And I guess she walks three doors down? <laughs> and she, and she, you leave there, and you're like, okay, why are we leaving our house? And like you said, you literally walk. You're on the same street you're like a few houses down. <laughs> you you unlock the door and you go in, 
and then your husband and your child are there. He's like, hey, honey, I got dinner ready for you. She's like, okay, babe. And you're like, what the, f- what? Yeah, it's just so weird. I mean, I mean, affair, domestic affairs. I mean, it's. Yeah. But like. You, you have. She continually has this affair, which affair stories are in everything. Like there's lots of affair stories. But it doesn't mean anything. It has no, in the scheme of everything that's happening, her having this affair with this other guy means nothing. Other than the fact that you're not supposed to like this I think you're just supposed to not like her. They make you, she's so mean to everybody she talks to. She's, she kill, She ends up killing. No, she witnesses a murder and could save someone's life and just says, nah, not my problem. It decides not to save this person because it's that girl from earlier. We said spoilers. That girl jumps in to do something ends up getting shot. She's Defend like. Defend her because she thinks she's in a bad situation. She gets her killed and she continually just walks around. Her, all her chapters are like walking around threatening people. It's all threatening she, blackmail, threatening violence. And then the entire time, her husband, he was like, go spend time with your kid. Keeps and, cutting back to like scenes of him like, you know, him like making dinner and her not showing up or her, him texting. Oh, you got these text threads of him texting and her, you know, her lying, her responses are lying. Or her flat out ignoring the text or so ignoring. she can text her booty call. Yeah, exactly. But this is all normal, normal, normal affairs. Yeah. I said, there's so many affair stories in the world, but like. Why, why is it in, why is it in this game? Because the company she works for, literally. So she works for leading up. Now, granted, now, granted, we're gonna skip a lot of this because a lot of her thing are just is, her being just, a horrible person. It's just her affair and her lying and her like. It's her, her her six chapters are nothing but this. Come to find out her her little green door situation, which leads to this somehow. Like I don't. Is the company she works for is like ran by the guy who's in the prologue. There's a guy in the prologue who like loses his friend, runs through the green door in the prologue. It's he's young, he's young in the prologue. Yeah. And come to find out it's the guy running the company she works for. But like, why is she so mean? Why is the company so weird about everything and so like locked down on this whole like it doesn't make any sense? And then he works and like he's evaluating all her evaluations are like to make sure she's stable enough to go through the green they found one of the green doors or green portals like and she's their whole, whole company is to figure out who the to best. pick it to pick a person and they have her who's she's awful and terrible and doesn't give a shit about doesn't give a doesn't give a crap about what he's doing or this other girl that he picks this young girl who he recruits, handpicks because he she, handpicks her because she's smarter and maybe more stable and then but Mina whatever her name is I mean the other girl gets killed for being a better person, I guess. And then yeah. Mina still be, becomes the only choice to go into the green door. Yeah. And it's not like one of those, like, oh, she's an antihero. She's kind of got moments and stuff like that. And you're just like, no, this oh, character she's just terrible. is She's terrible deplorable. throughout. She's tor- and, like, like, the dude, like, watches his, in the prologue, he watches his friend run through this portal, just run through it and disappear, and he never sees her again. But he builds this entire company and builds this whole thing and, then like, this special suit to put somebody into this portal it's that like he knows nothing. It's like cosmonaut suit. It's like cosmonaut suit. Like, why did... What? Well, because they don't know what's on the other side, so they make sure she has oxygen and stuff like that. They don't... And it's like a, almost like an exoskeleton because it's got like... She has to crawl into it like a bit of a robot. I guess this is a lot of... A lot of... For something he knows nothing about. I just, well, exactly. They don't know what's on the other side of the door. You have to prepare for all all situations. I guess. But she's got oxygen, slightly enhanced but strength, like nothing, and weapons. Nothing that she's doing in her chapters... 
or any part of her job, her every her day to day job, whatever her day to day job is, because it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. If that entire company is built around putting somebody into a into a exosuit to go through a portal, what is her job? What's she doing? Why is she so mean? Why is nothing in her day to day in any of her chapters training her for this mission? It has nothing to do with anything she's doing. It has nothing yeah. to do with what she's doing. It has nothing to do with this big company. Like I just. Because it could be different. And then she me. just gets she just gets into the suit like she's been doing it every day. Yeah. And goes into the little she gets lowered down. So I say a door. They have a green portal they found buried in the ground. It's still a green portal. So how are we, how many millionaire have we found that? But like, why is it not training for this? Like, there's just no. It has nothing to do with what she's doing. Like, I just don't understand her chapters at all. Because it's been cool. It's like oh, like you know, if 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 you were getting into a suit, like oh, she's practicing for like a deep dive or something like it kind of like give you a false sense of what you knew were going on mm-hmm. or she's doing combat training and like oh she's prepping to, she's going to go to war or something but no it's just her being an absolutely disgusting horrible person because one of your chapters is breaking into that girl's house to try to find material so you can blackmail her yeah the whole chapter dedicated to just black trying to blackmail that girl yeah, and you're just like, oh my, I hated her. And like antagonizing. So the guy, uh, the guy she's having having an affair with, his his daughter. She's she one of the characters in the in the other. She goes to the same school. She goes to the girl. same school as one of the girls. So she has a part of her chapter where she's like antagonizing, like like threatening that girl. And that girl, mind you, is like a 16 year old girl. Yeah, like threatening her so she doesn't tell anybody about her her, her an affair with her dad. And, and she's this. like, you're having an affair with my dad, and you're married. Leave it's, my dad and family out of this. Yeah, it's just like. Yeah, yeah. Nothing in her six chapters mean anything. Again, nothing in her six chapters mean anything to the and, final chapter. Until her, until literally she's her chapter actually, six and epilogue. She's the least, she has no connection to the final chapter. When dude, John, whatever, has to find the guy for the body swap, he's got to find that guy. Yeah. So he loosely... I think loosely has a reason to go into the portal to find the guy. She has no reason other than her boss. Her character has no reason. The chapter. Why is she in this game? They could have picked someone better. She has no connection to anything. She's even, she's even pointless in the final chapter. She serves no purpose. Well, she does. She kills some people. I know she's good for is killing. I guess she's a the person they got for killing. I just don't. She's heartless. Imagine, imagine. It's just six chapters of completely wasted time just to get to her, her in the final chapter. To no reason for her to be there. I just don't. I don't understand it. Yeah. You done. You done. Done with. You done with, done done with this done character. With that garbage woman. No, that's not being sexist, but that particular person, unfortunately, is a woman, and she's garbage and horrible. She's just a crappy human being there's no redemptive there no redemptive there was nothing you thought maybe it would be lead towards a redemptive thing in the end her like final chapter her final choice is save your family or don't save your family like, no, her final choice is like her final choice comes down to her boss is a, he he blackmails her he's like i got pictures of here of you leaving the crime scene of uh that girl dying mm-hmm. now i can turn this over to the police and have you arrested or i can keep quiet and you just go about your life and. S- I don't remember. I mean, I kind of vaguely remember it. I was so worn out by the end of that. Uh, yeah, I hated her chapters. And basically, I ended up picking. I was like, oh, she could go to jail, but I think she'd be happy because she wouldn't be near her family. So I picked the choice where she was forced to be with her family. <laughs> I figured that would make her more miserable because I hated her so much. Yeah. It's one of the worst characters I've ever had to deal with in a oh, video she's game. Awful. Like, I remember, okay, random side note, like reading certain books. 
Um, one what book series was that? Okay, it was the uh, the Game of Thrones series. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a couple of the chapters because each chapter changes POV of who you're playing. And one of the POVs is you you actually you're in Theon's head, and I thought that was gross. Being in Theon Greyjoy's head, where he's he treats people horribly, and he's like, "Oh, let me just bang this farmer's daughter and be on my way." Like he was, it was disgusting to read and be in his head. But it was, you know, it was worse than that because I hate because you had no way to do anything nice. You, you have the control in your hand, like, "Oh, maybe I can make some better choices for her. Maybe she's just a bad person. I can make her good." No, she is just disgusting and horrible the entire way through. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I hate you." I hated playing her chapters because I'm like, "Oh, you're gonna make me make make choices that I hate." Yeah, I hate this. But but there's no, there's just no, what do you call it? There's no payoff for her. No, she. There's no payoff for her being bad. Like I don't mind for being bad all the way through. There's some sort of payoff or any kind of reason. Yeah. There's no flashbacks. There's no anything about her that explains why she's so bad. There's no. There's no explaining. Ooh, I've done bad things for this company that have changed me. There's none of that. Mm -mm. We don't even know what she does for the company. No. It's never said. Like, what, what, what do you walk around and in, 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 intimidate people? But why? Nobody freaking knows what this company does. Like, nobody cares. Like, and what she do? Nobody cares. Like, what? I just don't. We can. Move my on. mind is blown by this character. Like, I just don't understand any kind of purpose about this character. We can move on because yeah, we're talking. We're talking in circles about how much we hate her. I just. I mean, I don't know. Somebody who played this game on the end, or anybody who's played this game. Write in to us or something and explain to us the point of this character. Maybe we both miss something completely, but like I just don't. It's it's unreal. The amount of time spent writing, the amount of voice you pay somebody for voice acting, the amount of voice acting they'd have to do to put this character into a game. Just I don't know why they're in this game. Mm-hmm. All right. So the final story is called Stranger Danger, and you follow uh, Donna, who is a uh, high school student. Her story, a stranger danger, because you end up meeting a guy who is just called the stranger. Mm. He's a, uh, a taller, I'd say like thirties, uh, black gentleman. I don't. Is yeah. that pointless? I don't know. I don't. I want to say like if it's, he's just a you know just just a, a, just a guy. A black. They do repeatedly say the teenager, the teenage girls repeatedly say how hot he is. Well, the guy does too. Oh, the guy, the he's guy like, does. well, he's like he's kind of attractive. I get what y'all are saying, you know. And so, because what happens is the story, you, you kind of go hang out with your friends and the boy is like, oh, hey, look, it's that guy. And they're like, what guy? They're like, oh, that guy. He's like, I've seen this guy bring home a different woman every night over the last two weeks. And they're like, well, yeah, look at him. He's a player. He's obviously gorgeous. Look at that jawline. Like they're just all hot and bothered by him. And he's like, yeah, he's like, that's not the weird thing. He, he's got play, but I haven't seen a single one leave. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's probably just a sex party. That happens all the time. You know, look at that man. He obviously runs a sex parties because he lays pipe. <laughs> you know, they're just super on to him. And then they're have they're hanging out on like a bridge like kids do, and you have some brief interactivity with throwing rocks at trash. And then he leaves the house and they're like, Look, see, he's leaving the house, but no woman with him this time. And so, you know, you, you go in this kind of like little sneaky, sneaky chase scene. You're following him, yeah. Which is just following him across a bunch of jump cuts. Yeah, you don't actually have to sneak. You just walk behind him. There's no way for you to catch up to him. And he ends up in a church, and you guys have to like go out of your... Is it a church? It's like an abandoned church, yeah. 
or it's an abandoned. Because the whole, whole, the whole, whole room they're in for the majority of the thing is a pool, pool room. Why would a church? Why would a church have a pool? I thought it was a church. I, I thought it was weird it's a, too. It's an abandoned building of some sort, but there's a because he's swimming mm-hmm. when they go when they're sneaking on him and watching. But there's a pool in those big areas. It's not just an abandoned. Is it, is it even abandoned? I don't even know. It's abandoned because there's a big old. It's under construction because the big old tree has fallen in the back and they're oh, okay. rebuilding it. Remember? Yeah, I don't think it's a church. I want a church to have a have a big old pool in the middle of it. It's the baptizing pool, bro. <laughs> the size of the is entire it? room. Yeah, why not? That we can baptize a bunch of people at once. Okay. I don't think it's a church. <laughs> anyway, it's a recreation center, probably. Probably, but it looked like a church. I like the big marble columns and stuff, so it looked yeah, important. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyway, anyway, uh, it all like you're like, oh, they're just following this guy. That's weird. But like the big final event is like there's a big green eerie light. Yeah, he like he like puts off this weird green light in the pool, which coming through the rest of the events of what's what what eventually happening, like what's with why is he doing that in the pool? The green light thing. When you kinda of figure out what the green light thing is he's doing, when you kinda of figure well, it out, like why is he doing that in the pool? I'm going to assume that there are some sort of like ley lines or dimensional crossroads. Just based off of, they don't explain it at all, but based yeah. off my knowledge of other things like this, where people go between worlds and stuff like that, or dimension jump, there's usually a ley line or some sort of point where their realities cross or the lining is weakest. It's at the pool. I think for him, it might be at the pool. But he has it in his house, too. His portal's in the house. That is true. But you see, that's that's when you when, when the chick was with him. I'm jumping ahead, but his portal's in his house. So I just don't... I don't understand the the pool scene, the pool, initially get the pool. But the thing is, he spots he spots them. Well, because they mess up and make a loud noise. Make a noise and they and they he's, and they, and they go to run and he's chasing after them, and they don't like it. Doesn't seem like he's going to do anything bad to them. But then one of your one of the other character or your, does your character do it or is one of the no, other your character falls in one of your friends and then your friends clocks him in the back of the head, knocks his out, and it jumps to like they're back in the pool area and they have him tied to a chair and their plan is hold him captive indefinitely. Yep, yep. I mean, yep. And there's a couple of chapters of this. <laughs> nothing actually. I don't think anything happened. Nothing happened in the first chapter. I don't think anything happens in the second chapter, does it? Because event. What happens is eventually you're playing out these different scenes, and they're all taking turns watching this guy and bringing one food, and this person can can go home and tell their dad they're okay, and I'm, I'm going back to their house. This whole elaborate thing just to hold this guy hostage. But he won't. He was not. He's he's been dead silent the entire time. Eventually. He starts speaking to your main, what's your main character's name? Donna. He starts speaking to Donna, have these weird conversations. And only to and Donna. Only to Donna. He starts talking, talking, talking to Donna, and then sits silently otherwise. And you like do this weird scene where you like, oh, I want to stretch my legs. So you untie him and you walk laps around the pool while you have these weird conversations. And he asks Donna about her life and all this other strangers. He becomes weirdly, becomes obsessed with her in a way and her, her and her family. It basically it feels like it'd be like oh this is like a a weird like young adult thing, and then because it plays out where like there's blossoming relationships with like one of her friends and stuff like that and it kind of goes and goes, but there is definitely a distinct like he gets jealous mm-hmm. like you can see his face like contort and stuff like when they go off together. And you're like, this is so weird. And you're thinking, like, with all the other things that are going on with the weird space jumping and time, not necessarily time jumping. Well, kind of. But that's just from the prologue to the rest of the story. Anyway. Uh, you're like, okay, maybe he's, you know, like, he becomes obsessed with you. Like, maybe there's a reason. Maybe he is her, or maybe he's, like, maybe it's, like, his mom from the future or something. I don't know. 
because you're just so confused by what what's his his obsession with her and why he gets so jealous. Mm-hmm. And then he has the ability. So you learn, I think, at the end of chapter two, to wipe people from existence. Yeah, basically. And, like, wipe any memory of them. It's very strange. One part that confused me, and I told Blake about it later, and I guess I must have just missed the scene, or the scene was so vague, is that Donna has a sister who's engaged to another woman. And I guess the woman, like, follows them to the thing. She follows them to the... the, the, the Recreation building, center. The rec center. So then, like, I, I must have, like, dozed off or something. And then, like, I see one, like, one chapter where... Donna's talking to her sister and they're talking about then the fiance's there, blah, blah, blah. And then like the next chapter, Donna's talking to her sister and her sister's talking about going on dates. And I'm, I must have missed the scene somewhere. I must have missed, Blake told me later, I must have just missed the scene. Because it happens. Yeah. And I was just like, oh God, what's happening? Why is, why wasn't she engaged last chapter? What is going on? But that was my own fault. But the guy had, had caught her and like, just like wiped her, a little green, green light comes out of his eyes and he just like wipes you from existence. He does it to her he does it to the boy. Eventually, he does it to everybody in her life. Yeah, he wipes everybody, her life, away out of, out of existence until it's just her. It's just a weird series of events of him talking to her and different things going on. These weird conversations. He's systematically wiping everybody she knows from existence. But she does she still remember everybody vaguely. Like she has like an inkling of like a shadow of a memory. Like she's missing something. Like yeah, because she, she cause it gets to the point where she starts to think about it and she's like. She's like, none of this adds up. She's like, four days ago, I found you and I knocked you on the head after I fell over. Huh? And he's like, don't put too much thought into it. Don't don't worry your pretty little head about it. Because mm-hmm. like it's he's d- deleted so much mm-hmm. that it just it, there's no way it could possibly fit together if you thought about it at all. <laughs> and she started thinking about it. Yeah. And then it all you know he. I don't know. It's it's a lot of weird stuff going on there. Uh, I don't really end up not liking this too much either. I just I didn't like the, the big the big thing is he takes her captive. Or not, is he is he she captive or she just go with him? He's like, well, he kidnaps her. He he takes her to the other world. But then in the other world, she gets her. Well, he takes her, and then in the other world. Because you, you, you finally do jump world, jump dimension. I'm not entirely so his, sure. His, the last thing you see in her chapter six is him going to, into her apartment, into his apartment mm-hmm. with her and then floating down through his portal he has inside of his apartment. So that's yeah. his portal, his portal jump. And then everything comes together. In a, well, then she sees, that's when she starts putting the pieces together and she realizes she realizes she's being kidnapped. I guess. Well, she, she's going down to the portal. Don't she see everybody or something? Like they're all they're trapped all like in this. They're like in a stasis field. But like, you ever explain why he was doing that? Oh, that he just what wanted he, her what to he, be his. What he was doing to these people? What's the point? What's the point of the power? Why he, was he doing it? Nothing. He just wanted... No, he wanted her to be his. That's it. That's He's like, you're mine now. Yeah. That's so he's it. Like, he's all nice and stuff, and then he goes through that, and then you go down to the thing, and in her chapter six, now you start this... It's too complicated to get how everybody gets involved in the last part. A lot of it's... I don't know. It's... The final chapter starts. The final chapter starts, and everybody's in this other dimension, I guess. Or like, I mean, they're, and, they're, and there's just aliens everywhere. There's all, there's alien, all different kinds of creatures, aliens, and everybody's okay with it. No one freaks out. There's like, oh, I not got, a, I not, got a, a job not a do. one person freaks out. Like Mina, whatever, she crash lands in the desert and gets helped by an alien. Gets helped by an alien. Doesn't 
bad an eye. She goes like rocketing into the desert, crashes, breaks her old machine she's in, hops out, rescued by an alien. Then she just conveni- conveniently goes to the same town. So her hole's just in the, in the desert. There are, there, are other, there are other doors, I guess, lead back to the same town. So they all conveniently end up in the same town. While dude's looking for the, the briefcase guy, she's looking for dudes, the company dude's friend. And then uh, she's just, the other girl's getting dragged there by the by the stranger who, like, takes her to this place. And, like, you know, all of a sudden now, he, since, he, since he's got her there, he's real mean to her all the time. He, like, his attitude changes. He's he, real mean to yeah, her. Yeah, he has an attitude enema and just becomes a huge D-bag. He just gets killed. Yeah. He, yeah. He, it's like, Cause near the beginning of that whole thing, he's just, he's just killed. She kills him. Yeah. It was just like... Cause Mina's, it doesn't come to anything. He just he just kills him. Because Mina sees a young woman obviously in distress being kidnapped, and she's like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Don't ask questions. Get away from me, wench." And then while his back's turned, uh, Donna, having now realized, because when she realizes, he then explains everything to her. He's like, "There's no point in hiding it from you anymore." Uh, she then takes a sword off the wall and thrusts it through his chest, and that's the end of that story. Yeah, it's over. And then it still goes on to how they get back home or if they get back home. And it's just... It's the last part. It's the last part, man. This seems like it should have been like... The halfway The halfway point, point of a bigger, better game, maybe. You know? And it's just like running and hollering and just... How do you quickly explain this final... I mean, we said like dude randomly killed. All the characters meet up. Somehow, I forget they all get arrested or something like that. But they're all going to the council. The council. To get they're being answers. taken to the council or whatever to figure out what the information they need. Yeah. The, 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 the shift here is so strange and abrupt. So, yeah, it's dramatic and insane. And I agree with what a lot of people say that this would have been a much better just limited series TV show or something. But... It it was not fun to play. Yeah, uh, I hope that's uh, Donna's final choice. Uh, Donna's final choice is the ghost of the stranger uh, comes back to her. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The ghost <laughs> of the stranger, and he was like, "Look, I'm sorry for how things turned out." And she's like, "Yeah, I killed you. What? Who cares?" She's like, "But," he's like, "Um, we made a contract." I don't know when they made a contract. Uh, he's like, I can leave you alone as you are now forever. Bye. Everyone's gone from your life. Or I could bring everybody back. And then when you die of natural causes, I'll come for you and you'll be mine for the rest of your life, for the rest of eternity. Mm-hmm. And those are your choices. Everybody chooses. Most people want to choose the family thing. Yeah, because she's so. Because otherwise, she's homeless, sitting in a sleeping bag in a sewer. Like obviously, she wants the, her life back. Her loved ones, her mom, her sister, her soon-to-be sister-in-law, her best friend slash boyfriend, and then her other best friend. Like she would obviously want that to be happy and live out the next. 80, 90 years, depending on how long she lives, and then just be with this guy. And then who knows? Maybe she can kill him again in the afterlife. And yeah, why is he not dead? I don't what know. What is he? Who is he? Why is he different from any other alien they saw? This is probably one of my least favorite gaming experiences I've had in a while, in all honesty. Like, it started out cool. Yeah. By the end of it, I was like, I can't stand this. 
And the whole thing, like my whole, what's your, what, what was your one K game time? What was your, did you have it wrote down? Uh, right at six and a half hours. Mine was like, like nine and some change, almost ten. Yeah. Like it's not that long, and I played over the courses like I, I, a weekend, and I was just annoyed. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoyed a lot of the paper doll scenes, but like the whole, whole but thing. then it leading up to nothing makes me. I was like, oh, it was pointless. Yeah, and the endings are just pointless. Not everything about it. it's just such a drag, man. The whole thing's kind of a drag. I hate to say it, but as I said, they put a lot of work into this game, and we don't like to. We we do we do crap on games sometimes. We, just, we try our best not to, but they need they, they need this has this has major. I don't want this it, has major writing issues. The writing is just all over the place. They have four open positions. They need a fifth one for a writer, a storyboard, storyboarder, or something. Just not, to, not not they they need a a writer or at least a proofreader to be like eh, this is kind of boring. We need to. How does this make your guys like like you spent six chapters on this on a character? They need a continuity editor. That's what they need. Some or something, anything to make it make sense. I don't know. Yeah, we spent a lot more time on that game than I thought we would. But it was all bad. We don't we don't like to rag on things, and maybe maybe someone out there really gets a a thrill out of this game. But I would, I did not, and I'm sorry that I didn't. (laughs) Apologize to me. I didn't. I might have liked it less than you did. I don't know. I'm ready to go yeah, to well, a slightly happier. This note. was on the it, it, tail end of Game Pass for us. I'm glad it was on Game Pass. I would have been mad if I bought this game. Uh, let's say uh, six and a half hours. It averages six to eight hours on uh, on game uh, on true achievements. Uh, retail price twenty four ninety nine. I'd have been pissed off. I wouldn't buy this any any more than ten dollars. I wouldn't buy this period if I was you, but if you're like again supporting small developers, the trailer, the game trailer looks cool to you. Anything we said, anything we said sounds remotely appealing. I would not spend more than ten. And it's crazy you would spend, you'd spend. I say you get more out of spending ten dollars on Gardens Between than you do of spending ten dollars on Gardens Between's an hour, hour and a half, two hours. You get more out of Gardens Between than you do spending ten dollars on this six to eight hour story field experience. The games aren't comparable in any way, but I'm just like it's crazy for a for a price point. I'd rather spend ten dollars on Gardens Between. That would spend ten dollars oh, yeah. on this. If like I would have been upset. Like we bought this. That's why I love Game Pass. We're not a Game Pass podcast, but this is why I'm glad we have Game Pass. Sometimes Game Pass and GameFly because I'd have been really upset if I bought this. Oh, for sure. For touch my goes. Yeah. So. That's all we got for this game. We spent way more time on that game. I think I mean, you, you get complaining, you get kind of ranty, and your kind of thoughts start pouring out. We got a, we had a lot more to say about that game than I thought we would. And we did a lot of spoilers in there, but you know, it's a it's a story game, and whether you're going to play it or not, I mean, if you didn't want it spoiled, you would have dipped out by now. So, with that said, that game sucked. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't so- like it. So uh, write it right into us. Somebody write into us and explain to us, tell us why that game was good, and not just don't just write in and say, "I think that game was good." I need some sort of explaining what was going on. I'll take a couple of paragraphs explaining to me what was going on and why it mat why anything mattered. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, so the 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 show I'm talking about it's an anime, and it's called Soul Eater.
March 09, a total of 51 episodes. Now, it has, it, of course, it was a manga. All anime is a manga first. And the manga was 25 volumes from 04 to 2013. Now, as of 2019, the entire manga as a series has sold over 19.6 million copies. That's bonkers. It sounds bonkers. I mean, that, that does sound insane, but how is that as related to, we, we, we don't, I don't know, the manga industry? I would assume that's still pretty good. I mean, 19 million sounds nuts. Well, that's also one of the things. For, that, a, for, a, for something that nobody's talking about. Because as you notice, it went from 04 to 13, but the manga only went from 08 to 09. Mm-hmm. So what they did is, in the show, they decided to, there were certain bad guys and stuff that, uh, they decided to straight up kill off instead of like hurting them and having them come back later. They just said, let's just kill them off. And so the anime does end, mm-hmm. but it ends before the show does, before the manga does. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of tell because there's some stuff kind of going off in that final couple episodes where like some character, you know, but it, it all kind of wraps it up in, in, a, in a fairly good bow. Mm. I don't remember. Like I said, I think that's the beginning of the podcast. It's been like, a long time as we watched this. I remember liking it quite a bit, but it's created by Atsushi Okubo. And he is uh he's only written a couple of things. This being his first thing, Soul Eater being the first thing he did, and then he kind of branched out and did cuz he's also an artist, he did some some light story, character art and creature art for Bravely Default and second bravely default second end layer for the DS. And then those were kind of enough. And then he went on to do a spin-off series of Soul Eater Not, which takes place a few years after following a different group of people and some other classes. That's just a manga. Mm-hmm. Well, manga and it turned to an anime, but no one seems to like that one as much. Mm. And then after Not, a pretty popular one nowadays is he's responsible for the manga and anime of Fire Force. He's he's doing that one currently, so he's been pretty active in since I say since early two thousand to now. And one of the cool things about this uh, is it's not your most anime like we get over in America. It's like you know the real big popular ones are like Shonen Jump, 
and stuff like that. Though it, this was actually published by Square Enix's manga well, subsidiary. Weird. Yeah, it's actually published. It's essentially three one shots, and then they're like, "We like this. Give us more." And then it turned into more, but it was actually published by Square Enix. Hmm. That's strange. It's a, well, they're, they're a conglomerate, but they use Square Enix. They're, they're a big publisher, I mean. To cover everything. Uh, the general story for Soul Eater is your main cu- couple of characters go to a thing called the Death Weapon Meister Academy. And the whole point of this is you have Death, who runs this academy. But he's trying, there's too much going on in the world, and so he has to get other people to go out and be his Grim Reapers for him, mm-hmm. basically. Cause, and so the whole point of this, and your whole trial, is you have to kill 99 evil human souls. You have to kill them, trap them, and bring them to death. And then your 100th soul must be that of a witch. It's the it's ninety nine evil humans and a one witch is a hundred souls total to complete whatever ritual to elevate you, and it has to be done in that order. You can't just go let me go kill a witch real quick and then do these. No, it has to be done in that order. Mm-hmm. And it's been popular enough that has actually spawned uh, three video games as well. On the on the PSP. Uh, there's one, and it covered the first half of the anime, the first 24, 25 episodes. And then there's another one on the DS called the the Medusa plot, or the plot of Medusa. And it follows the entire storyline in both anime and manga of the Medusa character. And then there's an entirely original one for the Wii that has its own original characters on original everything. Hmm. And it... it and they all seem to be like a third person hack and slash, which makes it makes sense. Yeah, that's like that's kind of kind of the anime games you get. You get that, you get fighting games, and you get moose style games when it comes to anime. That's really about it. We're getting a couple of JRPGs. They did. They did. Um. Uh, what's it called? Recently, it's coming or not? Not coming out yet. But there's been a big old. Dang, there's two of them. Is it Demon Slayer maybe? And then there's like a, a One Piece big old JRPG coming out. I think so. so. Trying, to, trying to branch out a little bit from the original. Normal, I think One Piece has already had like Nine three or four Moose style games. And I would be, like I said, I, I love a good turn-based RPG, and turn-based also opens up for awesome art. Or I like, well, some things would take this, where like the original one, where just give me give me an anime universe, but give me an original story in the anime universe. This is, this is like the, pro- the proper way to do it, probably. Yeah, a lot of a lot of things like the Xenoverse and stuff like that; those are very popular. And same thing with the Jump Force; those were incredibly popular. The well, Jump Force game got canceled. I mean, basically, it, yeah, but it got canned. It was popular. It came out and got canned. Anyway, so basically, what happens is with the human. The reason it's called Death Weapon Meister is you have a Meister and a weapon. Now these weapons can be. They can basically shape shift from being a weapon to a humanoid person with a personality, and we have a pretty good chunk of characters. One of the best things about this is every character has something slightly wrong with them, some big old quirky thing, and it makes it real fun to watch everyone on screen and interact. Yeah, you 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 meet other people, but your core team of people is a of is is three. You have Maka. And you have Blackstar and Death the Kid, which is Death's actual son. Remember, 
been a long time since I watched. But I remember Black Star being somebody we we, we really liked. Didn't well, Black Star? Who? Black Star started. We're like, oh my, he's that loud, hyper energy character, and we're like, oh my god, he's so annoying. We're gonna hate him. But then, like episode four or five, you're like, this dude's awesome and hilarious because he is that guy who's hyperactive. He's like, I can do anything I set my mind to. And he's just so stupid and endearing, but his he's so fun. Mm-hmm. Because each of these characters, Maka, Blackstar, and Kid, they each have their, their weapon, which usually tends to be kind of similar or opposite. You know, it's it's a, a counterpart to them. Mm-hmm. Now for Maka, hers is uh the the oddly enough, she's the main character, but the whole show is named after her weapon. His name is Soul Eater Evans. Hmm. Because he has a last name. They all have last names. <laughs> but um he is he 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 turns into a scythe. That's his his he he forms into a scythe. Now you have Black Star, and his counterpoint is Subaki. She is unique upon into herself because she turns into a plethora of weapons. She is what you call, they call like a, a ninjutsu specialist. She can turn into like a katana, shuriken, fan. She can turn into like a, a couple of, a grapple hook. And she was completely calm and stoic to Blackstar's wacky, crazy, wild attitude. And then you have Kid. He, he's death of the kid, but everyone just calls him Kid. Uh, he has a set of twins, mm-hmm. and they turn into dual pistols. And that is Patty and Liz Thompson. And you're like, what is humans turning into weapons? What is going on? It it makes sense in the world. And it is a super fun world. And it kind of, there's fantastic English voicing. Uh, and there's, I'm not going through, I'm not going through everybody. I'm just, I'm literally going to go through, uh, of all the people, she seemed to be the one that I knew the most about. And since she is the main character, I'm just going to do her real quick. Is Maka is voiced by Laura Bailey. Now, Laura Bailey has been in all everything. She's in all sorts of stuff, but kind of just a couple of things in more recent history that might be more popular is anything animated that's Black Widow. She is the voice of Black Widow, including the video games, the Lego games. She is the voice of Black Widow animated and has been for the last 20 something years, if not longer. Uh, She's also the voice of Chun-Li. And anytime Chun Li from the Street Fighter series has ever spoken in anything, as far as I could tell, within the last whatever, tw- at least the last twenty years, she's Chun Li, and that's all that really matters. <laughs> uh, she is also in Final Fantasy Thirteen, the voice of Sarah, Sarah Farron, and she, all, she reprised the role through all three in, games, in all iterations of hers. And when she appears in other games, like those mobile games or whatever, when she has new dialogue, she does that too. She. Because I'm, I'm going to save kind of her biggest thing for last. I'm going to do these other ones. We talked about this off podcast, but uh, Hunted, a Demon's Forged. She's the voice of the female lead, oh, yeah. the elf Ilara. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in Naruto, in regular Naruto and Boruto, she's the voice of Kushina Uzumaki. And in Boruto, she's the voice of Sarada, which is Sasuke and... Sakura's daughter. <laughs> anyway, but her one of her bigger things is in she's the voice of young Chi Chi in Dragon Ball, hmm. which is kind of cool. But her biggest thing 
is uh, she was and is still the voice of Kid Trunks. In all video game iterations, all the anime, the movies, Super Z, she is the voice of Kid Trunks. So I'm like, and she has so many other things under her belt, but some of them are, again, I don't watch a whole, whole lot of anime. Yeah. But I thought that was pretty crazy. Like I said, every single one of the voice actors, too, they're still acting and they're still yeah. doing stuff. I think one of them, um, matter of fact, I brought this up because she, because Laura Bailey is the voice of Trunks, um, the voice actress, I didn't catch her name. Uh, but the voice actress for Subaki is the English voice actress for Bulma. Always has been. Hmm. And a couple of these other ones were doing like stuff as early as like one of them is the uh, Princess Sarah uh, in Stranger's Paradise. Final Fantasy Origin Stranger Paradise. The uh, They got DLC announced recently. Yeah. That'll be on our co-op episodes. Because the, the, the show is funny and cool and it's got awesome choreography and some really awesome music if you're into uh like uh the best thing i think is maybe like lounge or jazz piano because mm-hmm. it's got really good good music i think i don't remember well because i only remember because soul uh he is a pianist and one of their like all animes have power-ups and their big power-up is like oh let's do resonance let's do soul resonance let's do and they have their souls vibrate on, uh, boost their powers, lets them do crazy things. But they kind of merge their souls into one temporarily. And they do that because Soul, in his mind palace, plays a piano. And they all kind of sync up to the beat mm-hmm. of him playing a piano and fight. And the choreography is pretty awesome. The story is fun. The art's great. But there's two characters, uh, real quick. Uh, Spirit, who is Maki's father, who is also the actual Grim Reaper death's weapon. Mm-hmm. And he's voiced by Vic Mignogna, who people will know as he's Edward Elric from the Fullmetal Alchemist. Yeah, and Brotherhood. And Brotherhood, he's the voice of Edward. He has a bunch of other things, but Edward Elric is the big one. That's the big the, the and man. We've talked about, we, we've used this exact term since we've watched the show, is whenever you call somebody a fool, mm-hmm. is there's a character... Now usually Excalibur. Excalibur. Now usually how the thing works is people have to be have to mesh and be they have to be able to sync with their weapon. The reason Excalibur is crazy because they kind of do the exact opposite. Excalibur and all Authorian legends can be wielded by the one true king. Mm-hmm. How this works is Excalibur is hands down the most powerful weapon in the entire world, and he can be used by anybody. But no one likes him as a person. And so everyone usually ends up putting him back because no one can stand working with Excalibur. Because he because everyone is a fool, everyone is weak. He's like, You fool. You you know, he's fantastic. And he's voiced by Troy Baker. Mm-hmm. This is Troy Baker before he really got real, real big, probably. Mm-hmm. This is like two thousand four Troy Baker when he was still like, Let me do anything to get some money. Can't really even tell that Excalibur is Troy Baker. No, but it's awesome that it is. Yeah. Now I've kind of kind of bounced around a little bit because it's hard to talk about anime without getting too crazy. Yeah, and it is. I think it's fun. It's super great, super fun, and the fact that it actually ends unlike some animes. Yeah, we've been tricked by a couple animes. Um, I can't recommend Soul Eater enough. I haven't watched Soul Eater not, but a lot of consensus is uh, don't bother. I've watched a good chunk of Fire Force, and that is good. Mm. 
that I do a good enough job explaining kind of. I mean, how, do you, how, do you, how do you explain anime? Well, if, if you don't already watch anime, you ain't going to watch this anime. I mean, you got you to kind of already get the gist of anime. To yeah, really... like, it starts out like, you know, everyone, all the students are trying to get their assigned missions. Well, they have to go to school and then they are assigned missions like, oh, go hunt this evil human soul. Like the first episode is they don't call him by his name, but it's definitely Jason Voorhees. It's a, it's a dude in a, a mechanic onesie or whatever, an overall, an overall wielding a, I think he's wielding a giant axe instead of machete, but he definitely has, I think he has like a goalie keeper hockey mask on and they're going around fighting him. Hmm. But they're calling him like John the killer or something like that. Some <laughs> stupid thing. But the whole thing early on, it has a lot of like references to like horror characters but then it moves into its own thing and gets more serious and talks about like its own wackadoo thing. It's if you like anime and you hadn't seen Soul Leader, I highly recommend it. That it? Yeah, it's really all I got. Yeah, anything like there's like a tagline for the anime or anything like that. I don't, I don't know if animes have tagline. Don't ain't worth searching for really. Uh, I guess we wrap up here. I uh, think again, like thank everybody for listening. We'll keep coming back for more. We're gonna keep making these things. Uh, for who knows how long. I want to thank Jared from Emerge for letting us use the song, the, the Emerge song, Letting Go, as for our intro music. We, we love that. It's really awesome. I want to, always want to thank him for letting us do that. It's, it's badass. There's no way around it. It's just cool hearing that as our intro song. I want to thank, of course, uh, Devious Pixel. He is the artistic face of our podcast. You've seen If you follow the podcast, you've seen him do lots of different things for all our guests and stuff like that. And we use devious pixel for our uh, other podcast as well. So it's really awesome to see him kind of go across thing. It's his, his art of course is all over our, our merchandise, you know, thank all that make sure that stuff gets remembered. Cause I just now started, I talked about before that I just started, I've been doing it on the other podcast. I need to do it on this one. So anyway, that's all I got. I don't really have any, I got very faint memories of soul eater. So we had to watch it again sometime. Maybe. Yeah. Well, you know, mix it in with all the other thousand shows we need to watch. But that's all I got. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again shortly. Oh, we'll, uh, of course, follow us on on Twitch to kind of catch us on the uh, on our new little endeavors here with co op endeavors with our with our cousin Brian as we make our way through Dark Souls three. So follow that page and you'll see us. Uh, you'll you'll get the little notifications when we're going to go live. I try to we try to announce it on social media a few hours before if I can and then you'll see the notification on Twitch when we go live so come join us on that and watch us fumble around through Dark Souls 3 uh, I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night I'm not a man, 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 I'